Good morning. Wow, you all look beautiful this morning. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that they look beautiful this morning. A bit awkward for a few people because they're not sitting next to their partner. <laughs> but you still tell them that they look beautiful. All right. Before I begin, I'm going to pray. It's a good place to start, yeah? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being a good God. We thank you, Father, that you care for us enough that we're able to come together and to worship you in a safe building with family that we love and we enjoy time and fellowship with. And Father, we pray that what you have to say from your word this morning would be from you and not from me. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Who's had a good break? Yeah. I got a couple of hands. Who's had a good break? It looks like there were some terrible breaks out here. No one's had a break. Who had a break? Oh, who didn't get to have a break over the summer, or over the holiday seasons? Oh, we've got a couple of people. So sorry for you guys because I had an awesome break. All right. Um, you want to hear it? Well, just so you know, we were able to go over to Fiji. My family was blessed to be able to go over to Fiji for about two and a half weeks. It was my first time back to Fiji after 10 years. And so much had changed. It was like, it was like yeah, it was very different. And um, while we were there, while we were over there, I was so relaxed. I was so comfortable. And I don't know whether or not you stayed in town, or if you had left town and you were overseas, or whether you went to another part of the country. I'm sure that on your holiday time, or when you were with family, you made sure that you were as comfortable as possible. No one was standing outside in the 40 degree heat. Everyone was, oh, oh, we had a few people. Wow. Our church had a rough this year. <laughs> okay, so comfort, comfort is something that we as humans tend to want to hold on to. Yeah? I don't know about you, but if it's comfortable inside the house at 23 degrees underneath the air conditioner, I'm not moving. Okay, you're not going to do anything, you're not going to say anything, you're not going to get me to move because it's comfortable and it's 40 degrees outside, so I'm not going to move. I'll tell you what, this is, this is how comfortable I was on my holiday. We went, we spent a week in Suva, spent a week in Nandi, and we spent a couple of nights at a resort. The resort was beautiful, and I was probably at the most relaxed I've ever been in my life. Just sort of those, you know, those pools and those... Those pools that you got the swim-up bar, where you can just swim up to the bar, you just order a drink. Yeah, I was living it up. It was beautiful, beautiful. Tell you how much I love this holiday so much that when we came back, we've been back for like, yeah? Because comfort's something that as human beings, we cling to. And if anything, discomfort is something that we flee from. Is that true? Things like work. Man, that first alarm that I had to get up to on a Thursday morning to get to work this year was so hard to get up to. Am I right? Is getting up and getting to work, it's not something that I find comfortable. If you find it comfortable, that's good for you, and we'll pray for you after this. But it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to get up out of work, especially when you're in your cozy bed, and it's actually, you left the aircon on overnight, and it's actually cold in your house now, and you have to pull the blankets over yourself. Yeah? That's comfortable. You don't want to get up. Exercise. Who went to the gym this morning? I didn't. 
<laughs> we we sent a message around to some of the boys that we usually go to the gym with on, on a Sunday morning, and they said, oh, gym time. I said, no, 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 not today. <laughs> okay, but that's something that actually costs you your energy. You actually have to make an effort. It actually causes discomfort to go and exercise. I've got homework. Talking to our kids in the house. I think we have a few HSC students here this year, don't we? Oh, I think we had. Maybe Ruben. Oh, he's gone. He's outside. But doing homework. All right, I went through primary school, high school a couple of years ago. I decided that it was time to go back to school, and I still had homework. I thought it might be different because I was like, oh, I'm an adult now. I might be more responsible and I might be proactive with my assessments. No, I was still doing them the night before. <laughs> so, homework. I don't like homework. It makes me uncomfortable. Meeting new people or just meeting people where it kind of turns into an awkward conversation. You know the guy that I'm talking about? Yeah, the, that guy, that girl at your school or at your workplace that you try to hold a conversation with, but it's just too hard. It kind of goes like, like if you're talking to them, right, you just... You don't know how to start. So you're like, hey, it's pretty hot. And he's like, yeah, it is. And then he's like, um, so what you do on the weekend? No, nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and you're trying. You're trying your hardest. You want to build a conversation. You want to build rapport. But it just doesn't work. Some people it doesn't work with. That's hard. And that's, if anything, for a lot of people, that's very uncomfortable when they get themselves into that type of situation. How about sharing the gospel? I mean, I'm up here preaching to you guys, but I can tell you that I find it very hard at times and very uncomfortable sometimes to share the gospel. Yeah, but you're preaching, yeah, but I'm safe from up here. <laughs> if I'm up here, I'm supposed to believe what I'm reading from. Whereas in my workplace, people may not know that I'm a Christian, and therefore, when it comes time to, for me to share the gospel with them, it might actually cost me something. You see, the reason we cling to comfort... Oh, sorry. Through that list, if you hadn't noticed, all of these things are actually parts of our lives and areas in our lives that are beneficial for us. But the issue is that in order for us to reap the benefit from them, it actually costs us something. It actually causes us to need to sacrifice something. If you're going to get up and go to work, it sacrifices time away from your family. You sacrifice time away from your children, from your spouse, or maybe from your parents. That's time away from family. But if you don't go to work, then the lights turn off. The water stops running. And you're not able to enjoy the home as a household that you're used to enjoying. You go to the gym, doing some exercise, that hurts. And if you like it, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> but exercise, it's, it's funny how exercise works because as you go in, as you expend energy, expend your energy, what happens is that your health increases. Not only does your health increase, then your energy levels increase as well. So you actually need to expend energy to gain energy. I don't know how it works, but it works. True? Doing homework? I'm not going to talk about that. 
those awkward conversations that you have with that person that's just really awkward. If you will consistently talk to that person and spend that time in awkwardness, because believe it or not, it's more awkward for you than it is for them, because they're probably needing someone to talk to them. Yeah? So spending time in that awkwardness will actually build relationship with this person. And sharing the gospel. What does it cost you? It can cost you your reputation. It can cost you your status. In some countries, it costs, costs people livelihood and even their lives. Sharing the gospel does cost quite a lot. Thankfully, the Bible talks about sacrifice all throughout. The Old Testament is filled with sacrifice. Altars and burnt incense and burnt calves and burnt animals. So the idea of sacrifice has always been about. But after Jesus had come and after he had died on the cross, the ultimate sacrifice was made. So where does sacrifice sit for us today? I want us to open our Bibles up to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Well-known verse. You've probably read it a hundred times. We're going to read it again today. I have my Bible up here, but I'm going to read it on my phone because I've got it in the New Living Translation on my phone, and I like it. It sounds a lot nicer to me anyway. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Sorry. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So where does sacrifice sit for us today? In verse 1 it says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. In the NIV it reads, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So sometimes we have a, a misconstrued view of what worship is. Especially now in today's culture, we have a genre of music called worship music. And sometimes on a Sunday morning, when we come in on a Sunday morning, we feel that the music might be what we call worship. But worship, according to Paul in Romans, and how we worship is to live a life of sacrifice. And the ultimate worshiper that we have to look to is Christ. Who knew a life of sacrifice, who understood what it was to sacrifice for his people and made the ultimate sacrifice in dying for us. Um, also, when you're reading in Romans, you're hearing from a man named Paul. Anyone ever heard of, of Paul that we're talking about? Yeah? A few of us know about Paul. So, Paul understands what sacrifice he's talking about. So, Paul was a, a he calls him a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee. He had followed the law in the Old Testament to a T. So if anyone could boast about works, it was him. And yet, 
to be a, a follower of Christ, he had to sacrifice. He sacrificed his status as a Pharisee. He had sacrificed his world or his, his livelihood and how he would make a living. He actually sacrificed his wealth because they were wealthy at that time. And he gave it all up that he might be able to come and follow Christ because he believed that Christ had shown him something that he needed to show the rest of the world. Amen? You're going quiet on me. Don't go quiet. <laughs> all right. I believe that the key to verse 1 in this book and, and to actually understanding why sacrifice is worship is found in verse 2. Where's Graham? He can recite it for us. He's... He goes over this, like, even though if you ask him for his favorite verse, he'll come out with this right here. In verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, the world tells us that comfort is necessity. You've got to be comfortable. Yeah, you can do all of these things, and you can make sure that you... Um, you're putting into this ministry and you're putting some effort into that ministry. But as long as you're comfortable, don't be uncomfortable. At all costs, be comfortable. At all costs. Because comfort is what matters and it is what matters in this life to a lot of people. And if we're not careful, comfort actually causes our demise. And so in being sacrificial and in living a life of sacrifice, I just want to touch on a few areas in our lives and in my own life where we can find space to live sacrificially and give our lives as a living sacrifice that we would be able to worship God in truth. All right? The first one I want to talk about is time. Being good to sacrifice with your time. Who here... Okay, so it's the start of the year, it's not too busy. But who here in the middle of the year, you have no time for anything. You have a schedule, right? I know I do. You've got all these different little appointments and little dealings that you have to be at. And your time is expensive. Your time really does become expensive. Therefore, there's certain times in, in our lives where ministry is actually going to call on our time. And I'm not talking about ministry here. I'm talking about ministry outside of these walls. Sometimes you're going to have to lose some of that precious time that you have organized to sit down and listen to someone talk. Sometimes you're going to lose time to actually go and sort someone else's mess because they've gotten themselves into a mess because they need God's grace and they need to see God's love through you. Therefore, you sacrifice your time. It calls us to sacrifice. And sometimes, even when we do have time, we don't really want to give it to anyone. We just want to, I just want to sit out at home and veg. It's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But that's very comfortable. And if the apostles and Jesus are anyone to take example from, I'll just put it like this, they're martyrs. So sacrificing in your time is probably one of the most valuable assets that you have that people will need in order for you to be able to 
show them the love of God. The other area that I've got, another area that I have here is in relationships. Relationships are tricky, yeah? No? Everyone's got easy, smooth relationships. No one's ever had a hiccup in friendships and no one's ever had an argument, no? No, of course. Relationships are very tricky. But relationships actually call on us to sacrifice our egos sometimes. They call on us to actually sacrifice our pride. And even though we're right, we'll, for the good of the relationship, you will say you're wrong. <laughs> because the relationship with the person is more important than your argument, isn't it? I think Jamie touched a bit on this last week. So relationships. Spending time with people in relationships and growing relationships with people outside of this building is actually one of the best ways that we can preach to others about God's goodness. Through relationship. Simply by being a friend. Come over for dinner. That's it. Let's go out for a coffee. That's it. Sometimes those little instances and those, those little um, points where we're able to meet with them and just explain, or just, just to hear them out and talk with them, sometimes that's the most important thing that someone needs in their life at that time. And in that relationship, then they will trust you enough to hear what you have to say about God. Cool? This one's a... Uh, I didn't want to put it there, but I did. Finances. I hate talking about finances. So I'm going to talk about my own. Um, sacrifice and finance. The, the thing that I've found with finances and in sacrifice is that when Holy Spirit asks me to give and I don't, I find out the hard way. And that's happened a couple of times. <laughs> I'm hard learning sometimes. But the way that I've been able to look at it over a few years now is that God can actually do, I'm just going to put a number on God can do more with the $20 that he leaves me than I can do with the $50 that I hold on to. Does that make sense? God can do more with the two fish and five loaves that you give him than the 100 fish, 100 fish and 50 loaves to feed 5,000. Because you're not going to make a stretch. You're not going to make 100 fish and 50 loaves stretch. I guarantee you, 5,000 people, you're not going to make that stretch. Yet, two fish and five loaves in the hands of God will stretch to 12, bask- 12 baskets being collected afterwards. So in the area of finance, learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and be obedient to what He's saying. And I'm just talking from my own experience. Because there have been times when I've been in lack and God has made it stretch. And times where we've been in surplus and I've hoarded it and it's flown like that. Can anyone testify to that yet? You found that out? Yeah. All right. So we're in the same school. We both learned the same way. That's good. <laughs> Lastly, in sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. Most of the time, it, it, you have to sacrifice your ego and your pride because you don't want a certain person to think of you in a certain way and you don't want them to look at you 
in a certain way and you don't know what they're going to reply with and you don't know what they, so I'm listen I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to everyone here that sometimes there's a there's a certain air of shame or embarrassment that we seem to think that we're going to be feeling when we share God's truth with people but in Romans 1:16 it says that I, Paul says that I am unashamed of the gospel Therefore, if we are unashamed of the gospel, then it ought to be easy to fall off of our lips. But it's not so easy for me. Struggle with it sometimes. Sometimes when I see someone walking into work with a moon boot or a, their arm in a sling, it's like, I should pray for them. And it's like, oh, I'll go for a walk first. I'll go for a walk. I walk down to the back of the tank farm. It's like, oh, Lord, do you really want to pray for this? Of course I want you to pray. Okay, all right. But do you, if you really want it, like, you'll make that spanner just fall off of the, <laughs> off of the tank. It's just like, no, okay, it's not going to happen. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go pray for this guy. And I hope that God will minister to him in that time. And I've heard it said here that your temporary discomfort, very temporary discomfort, could mean someone's eternal comfort in heaven. It's just a very temporary discomfort. As a matter of fact, our whole lives are very temporary. A span of 80 years, what is that? The Bible describes it as a, as, a, as a grain of sand on the beach or a wave tossed in the ocean. Therefore, if this is very temporary, then why are we looking to be so comfortable here when this comfort unknown awaiting for us in heaven. Understand that many throughout the many throughout the Bible found the cause of Christ enough to sacrifice their lives for. We live in a beautiful nation where we can come together and congregate in a beautiful building amongst beautiful people without any threat of being interrupted, without any threat of anyone walking in and stopping us and persecuting us for our beliefs. And that, that's sort of given us, at times, a, a, an air of complacency. And complacency can cause you to waste a lot of time. Embracing a life of sacrifice is our truest form of worship. Not how you sing. Singing is beautiful. I love music. I have to. Leading the music team, yeah. But the truest form of worship to our God is a life of sacrifice. A life poured out. A life poured out for the good of our neighbors, for the good of our co-workers, for the good of our families. To see that they would join us in eternity. Amen? Amen. What would this church or what would our churches look like if we would all embrace sacrificial lives?
I just want you to think about that for a moment. What do you think this place would look like? What do you think our workplaces would look like if we, as God's people, fully, fully grasped and fully lived out lives sacrificed to God's God's calling? I tell you what, I am privileged to say that I am part of a church who examples well what sacrificial living is about. The work that this church does in this community is amazing. The work that this church does through Barnabas House is amazing. The work that this church has envisioned and seen put through in this, into our primary school, that's amazing. This is like, it, it's really amazing. I think it's sometimes we, we don't see the effect of the, we don't see the, the gravity of it because we're here and we, we're seeing it right in front of us. But if you were to pull back, you know, if you were to go into other towns and little cities around even our area, you would be amazed at what you saw here. Thank God that this church understands sacrificial living. And if this church understands sacrificial living, us as individuals, what would it be like walking into our schools and our workplaces and our family gatherings with the mindset that I'm not here to be comfortable. I'm not here for my own good, but I'm here to sacrifice my time, my ego, my comfort to see brothers and sisters come on into the kingdom. Amen? You're going quiet. You're going really quiet. So know that we sacrifice, we live lives of sacrifice not for a benefit. Understand that. We are victorious, you heard this morning. Therefore, we are living out our lives from point of victory, not of defeat. Therefore, we sacrifice due to our worship of our King who is worthy of our utmost worship. Amen. All right, guys, this is going to be short. I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, Father, that you have exampled a life of sacrifice beyond any other example that we could ever think of. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed us the way to live lives of sacrifice and that you exampled it in your own body. Father, we are so grateful that we are blessed. But Lord, we want to live lives of sacrifice in this new year. We want to live lives where we are sacrificing our egos and we are sacrificing our pride. We are sacrificing our time. We are sacrificing our finances because, Lord, we don't want to be comfortable here and now. Lord, we're looking forward to a kingdom where your comfort reigns and it is a peace that we have never, that, like we have never felt before. Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, and we pray that you would bless us as we go to our homes and we go about our weeks. Lord, help us to live lives of sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys.